0: You're listening to Ink Studs, and my guest this week is Ren McDonald. Uh, Ren's latest book is Sparks um, from uh, No Brow Press. Sparks spelt with a 4 and an X. Um, we should make a note. Don't try and Google for Sparks like the band from the 70s. Um, as well as, uh, I guess a couple years ago, Cyber Realm, also from NoBrow, And a bunch of mini comics, which you can find on Ren's website. And Ren is spelt W R. Ian. Um, thanks for joining me today, Ren.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah. Uh, I had a lot of fun reading your comics.
1: Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I I try to make fun comics, so I'm glad <laughs> you had fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's. Uh, I could tell you enjoy doing it. Like, it just kind of. The pace keeps going and it just kind of flows nicely. So. It's, uh, yeah, thanks. I don't know if that's a genre fun comics. <laughs> Yeah, Um, But uh, Sparks um, Which just came out I guess we were just talking about that uh, Within the last couple of months I think officially December And now it's February But it'll probably be March when I post this Um, It's kind of weird It's out from No Brow But it doesn't feel like a regular No Brow book In a way Mm. I don't know Maybe it's more sci-fi than what they normally do
1: yeah, yeah. I I don't know if they have um, many other really sci-fi books. I I guess they they do some sci-fi fantasy stuff with a seventeen by twenty-three series
0: that okay. they do. Yeah. Maybe,
1: maybe um like Jesse Moynihan's Farming or something. It's another kind of sci-fi, I guess. Um,
0: sci-fi meets metaphysical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah,
1: yeah. I you know, I'm really into science fiction. So so I was really happy that uh, they wanted to work with me
0: on it. So. Yeah. And it, the, the printing's really nice on the book. Like you kind of fit their scheme of like really using that one color. Yeah. Different shades yeah. quite nicely. Oh,
1: thanks.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess to know a little bit more about you, the, uh, well, this is your, your, your latest big book. You kind of been doing comics for a while. Like how many years do you think?
1: Um, not too long, actually, I guess, uh, maybe like five years or something okay. like that.
0: Um and you live in New York? I do. Yeah, I live in uh Brooklyn. Have you been there for a long time or?
1: I've been in Brooklyn for 3 years. Um and before that I lived in Florida.
0: So, did you kind of move to Brooklyn to focus on doing like freelance art and stuff and like make connections or?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um I mean, there still a lot of reasons I moved to New York, but but the the connections and everything definitely played a big role. Um, I I think other other reasons that I moved to New York is um, I, I have a lot of friends that live up here. Um, I love the culture in New York. Uh, I love like how fast paced it is and how accessible like museums are and everything like that, and being able to go to comic shows like mocha and and Comic Arts Brooklyn and everything um, and uh, and yeah it it does make it a lot easier to be a uh, freelance illustrator cartoonist when you live in when you live in New York yeah, but uh, despite the fact that you can't do it from anywhere
0: <laughs> now um, growing up in Florida, do you spend your most of your life there?
1: Um, kind of i i've I've lived in various states in the southern United States. Um, so I lived in Virginia and South Carolina and, and Florida, and I spent most of my growing years in Florida, I guess.
0: So I'm curious kind of your background, what kind of comics you're into as you're growing up, or like kind of counterculture stuff? Because um, I feel like there's like some specific books you are probably really into at some point that kind of really influenced what you're writing and the way you're seeing things.
1: Yeah, I mean definitely um uh, I I guess a book or a series that that really changed the way that I think about uh, making my own work or I guess even the world or anything is uh would definitely be the Akira series by Katsuhiro Otomo that oh. I uh, that I found when I was when I was younger um and that made like a, a big impact on me I think um, be, because
0: Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, isn't that kind of the point of the book? Is like you read yeah. it and there's like this crater left where you're standing.
1: Right. Yeah,
0: I think so. Yeah. That was a uh, Kira joke for people that read it Kira. I'm sorry. It wasn't that funny. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: Yeah, but, but I mean, when, when I was first growing up, I was, I guess I was introduced to uh, superhero comics. Like I just had like. I don't know how I acquired this collection of comics, but I had a collection of just random superhero comics. Um, the ones that stand out to me now are, are probably like the Batman comics and the Punisher comics. Mm-hmm. And, and those were probably like eighties, nineties comics um, just like floppies. And, and I, I always enjoyed them. Um, but I, I guess maybe it was like, I couldn't really connect with those comics because they were so uh I don't know about superheroes. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, there's
0: an impersonalness to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess. And and so I think I discovered uh Dragon Ball, the Dragon Ball manga shortly after that. And uh and I was like, "Oh wow, this is totally different and uh, the tone is so different from the from the mainstream superhero comics that I was introduced to, so I was like, "Oh wow, I need to know more about th- this manga stuff." So I uh, I subscribed to Shonen Jump, uh, monthly magazine, that uh, V's put out, and and then uh, yeah, I guess after that I I found um, I found Akira in in the library. So,
0: um, and so when did you kind of get into drawing and uh, wanting to do comics?
1: I I've always been drawing like since I can remember, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But I was I don't know when I first started doing comics. I guess not till I was actually pretty older. And, and I think it's because it seemed like it was so much work, you know. <laughs> Which it
0: is. Was that from um, reading Akira or just comics in general?
1: <laughs> no, I think just comics in general because it, it really is. It's like each page is like oh like twelve small illustrations you know and uh and it's really you're like writing and directing and uh and drawing and everything so it's it's really a lot of work so I think I was I was more intimidated by drawing comics um uh, until uh, I guess I got a little bit older and I was like okay well I guess it's time to actually do because I felt like it was always leading up to this because when I wasn't drawing comics, I was drawing illustrations that looked like they were from comics,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. So did you go to art school or?
1: Yeah, I, I did. Um, I went to Ringling college of art and design in Sarasota, Florida, mm-hmm. um, for illustration. So,
0: um, was there a point where you felt like when you're making comics, you kind of, fit into what you wanted to do for comics? Or mm. what you cut I don't know if fit in there like you like you kind of found what you want to, or was it like kind of a process of doing different things, or was it always kind of very similar that like future kind of nihilism?
1: Well, uh, genre wise, I I guess I've I've always been interested in like um yeah, this kind of like uh eighties, nineties science fiction yeah genre like the yeah jaded cyberpunk you know like robocop terminator type stuff yeah um and yeah so i think like that's the type of media that i've always been interested in um so i think when yeah when i sit down and draw comics that's just what comes out because that's what i fill my head with you know
0: you know, it's funny, as I said nihilism, I don't really mean nihilism because there's kind of a joy in your work, too, mm. that I find. Like, I don't know if it's in the style or whatever, but it's like, I really like reading it. Um, like, it's a really shitty situation people are in, but it's kind of fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I like that contrast of, um, of like, a dark situation that you can laugh at, kind of. Yeah. Um, or, or drawing, like, these genres, like, these, um, these dark, gritty... Science fiction genres in a really upbeat cartoon way, like slapstick kind of way. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm really curious about some of the the sci-fi near future stuff that you really get into. One one I'm particularly interested in is kind of like your look at like futuristic body modifications. Uh huh. And just kind of your interest in that is that like kind of an overarching thing that you've been kind of looking at, or?
1: Um, do you mean like in fiction or in the real world or both? Maybe both. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I think, uh, I don't know. It just always seems like an element of the genre. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, this, this is technology meets uh, organic, I guess. Yeah. Um and it's like okay so here's like what your regular human body can do but with technology it can be superhuman yeah um and stuff like that and i, and I think that's interesting and i think that's something that that also draws me to telling stories via comic books is like really is there's no like uh, limit to what you can draw or what kind of story you can tell you know so it's like oh of course there, if there's going to be human he's going to have like a cyborg arm so he can like destroy robots with it <laughs> you know
0: um that makes you think of like when you're doing this kind of futuristic stuff um and like looking at technology and stuff are you interested in that as a as an outside thing or are you kind of interested in making your own idea of it Its just imaginative of whatever could happen
1: I think that kind of goes back and forth, uh, I guess, depending on the circumstance yeah. or the, yeah, because I, I feel like, uh, I mean, when I was first like coming up with stories, like kind of in the genre, I guess, um, I, I was kind of approaching it from like an outsider perspective because like only like the handful of things, like I wasn't an, ex- an expert on cyberpunk or something, you know, um, and so I was coming at it from kind of an outsider perspective. So it was like, oh, this is the view of of uh, that genre from someone who only knows these handful, handful of things. And then I was like, okay, so now I have to be an expert. So um, I went and read Neuromancer and, like, uh, you know, the Hacker Manifesto and everything. And and now it's like that influences the work uh you know that way as well so that, I mean, does, is does that address what you what you said
0: <laughs> kind of like um like i'm curious about like if you're like super obsessed with like vr
1: oh yeah yeah games um and- I, I think i'm obsessed with the idea more so than the actual thing because i don't like play a lot of video games i don't have an oculus rift or anything um, yeah. but i am fascinated about uh the idea and and the role that that can play like in our world
0: and everything. You know? Yeah. No. And that's what I'm interested in. Like, what are the implications of these things? And I'm and it's neat how you kind of look at using these things as part of daily life, and also how they function as um, tools
1: in a way within
0: your work. Right. Tools. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Do you find that, like, you are mentioning reading Neuromancer and The Hacker Manifesto, um, was that something you read later on as you're kind of getting more into this shit? Into this yeah,
1: stuff? It, it was, because, because I have, like I said, I've always kind of been into, like, the cyberpunk stuff or whatever, but when I sat down and I was getting ready to um, write Sparks, I was like, okay, well, I have to, I, I don't want to be, like, a poser, I have to know what I'm talking about before I come out with a oh. cyberpunk book, you, you know what I mean?
0: yeah. So. And I'm wondering, like, how that plays, like, do you find, after reading that, it affected what you wanted to do with the story?
1: Yeah, I, I feel like it just added more depth, I think, to the story. Um, that otherwise, maybe it would have been more surface level, but just just having that, um, that knowledge or toolbox or skill set or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think it added... Uh, hopefully, <laughs> adds some form of uh, depth to this this story and everything. Yeah. Um, well, but, um, I'll oh, go, go ahead.
0: ahead. No, you go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say because Sparks, I really feel like is um, it, it's like an homage to all the science fiction, cyberpunk stuff that that I love and and like the stories that I've grown up with. You know what I mean? And there's so many references to like you know to like uh, Total Recall or Terminator Two or Akira. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah, so. I feel like Hackers was probably in oh yeah, summary.
1: yeah, of course, Hackers. Yeah, great movie.
0: <laughs> My favorite. I I've made uh, like we had a weekend with some cartoonist friends and we watched it, and it was yeah. just amazing, just how how excitingly dated it is.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and there's something fun about that about like imagining technology in this like weird way and in some ways it's more grandiose but in other ways it's way less grandiose
1: yeah yeah it's so stylized yeah yeah
0: zero cool number one hacker (laughs) (laughs) what was their names the two like angelina jolie and the other dude
1: Uh, hacker names well the main guy was zero cool right okay or was that his like name when he was a kid or something? And then he has like a new name. I don't remember. It's been a, a few years since I've seen the movie.
0: I just I'll always remember the scene with the one guy, handing off, the three and a quarter inch disc, on a <laughs> skateboard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's man. Just, it's like how how could you get more 90s than that? There's just nothing you can do. Like.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, good. exactly. And also uh, another movie that's, like, right in the same vein is uh, Johnny Mnemonic. Um, yeah. Yeah, which is, like, starring Keanu Reeves, of course. Um, and he's, like, dumped out, like, a chunk of his memory so that he can store, like, uh, I don't remember. It's, like, eight gigabytes
0: of space. In yeah, his just mind. something ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. I, I really like that. Era of like science fiction. I like it's like it's like the past's view of the future. Like, like that would never be what we would imagine the future to be now. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I'm like you're probably. I'm totally gonna spitball this, but I'm presuming you're you're younger. Okay. Mid twenties. Yeah. Twenty five. I was gonna say twenty five, but I didn't want to be precise. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) uh, And so for me, that's really interesting because. this technology has always been around for you where with me i'm 38 i remember life without the internet you know i am and so it's it, it i love this idea of you kind of encountering these past ideas of what the future will look like
1: right well i don't think it is like totally in the past for me like yes maybe like um uh... I don't know, Hackers came out, like, I don't remember, like, in 1990 or 1989 or something, like, The Year I Was Born or something.
0: It's uh, more like 98.
1: Oh, is it 98? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it came out when I was a kid, but it was like, yeah, this whole world was also on TV when I was a kid as well, you know what I mean? In, yeah. In runs and everything, and I, I did still, like, grow up with all of these movies, and, like, um, I, I, I do remember, like, getting a computer and, like, oh, the internet is a thing when, when I was a kid, you know what I mean? So I feel like as I grew up, the internet also grew up <laughs> and became a thing, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Um, now, working on Sparks, um, as you kind of, like, the story unfolded for you, mm-hmm. um, finding out the directions it was going in, um did you see it as kind of like a bigger book? Because I feel like you touch on a lot of ideas, but you kind of had to like pull in at certain points.
1: Yeah. I, I, I went into, when I was coming up for the idea for sparks, I was planning on having a 120 page book. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was planned out from the start, but, but it was kind of weird because like, I, I've never done anything this long. So um, because I've done like a lot of mini comics, like twelve or twenty-four pages or something, um, so it was intimidating. But but I found the best way to approach that, I guess, was to kind of split it up into sections. So so yeah, so for each section, I guess there's like nine or ten sections or something. I was like, okay, so basically I have to get from point A to point B within this section. Yeah. You know and and that's like so it felt more for me like I was making nine or ten mini comics, you know what I
0: mean, okay, you kinda just treat it that way, yeah, um now the you sent me a couple of different mini comics, uh and one of them was really interesting. It was kind of like a a guy going into combat type thing,
1: the dirt dart yeah yeah the the silent blue and yellow one,
0: yeah. Uh, and that felt really different. And I kind of liked... I really liked that it was silent. Uh, and I'm curious about putting that together. I mean, a lot of folks probably won't read that unless it's on your website. But it's still... I think you're stylistically doing some interesting things with it.
1: Yeah, cool. Thanks. Yeah, the, so... The idea for the Dirt Dark comic... That's my most recent mini-comic. Um, and... <laughs> so. You know, I'm also, I I talked a little bit about my manga influences and everything, but I'm also really into um, uh, European comics, um, especially like Mobius. Yeah. Like Heavy Metal Magazine type stuff. So so I know that a lot of times the stuff that uh, Mobius was working on, he would just sit down and put his pen to the paper and uh, wouldn't have like an outline or do pencils or anything like that. So that's kind of what I tried to do with Dirt Dart. I was like, oh, okay, I wanna do this stream of consciousness type comic. Um, so yeah, so the only idea that I went into uh, Dirt Dart with was, okay, so I think I wanna make like uh, Aliens, but if it was uh, directed by David Cronenberg meets Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> <laughs> so really, so i think that's in 12 pages you know so i think that's kind of
0: keep it keep it loose yeah exactly
1: so so yeah that it was like a fun exercise you
0: know yeah and was it printed in color or in risograph with like two colors
1: yeah it's i actually did this comic um, for an anthology called voltio which is um, published in spain okay um yeah so that that was also one of the ideas that i was like okay well it's being published in spanish but i don't know spanish and i don't want to go through getting it translated so i'm just going to do a silent comic (laughs) yeah um so yeah so i i did it for that and then i also um uh they, they were cool with me printing it myself and selling it at shows and stuff as a, a Rizzo mini comic. So I, I do, I have a Resograph copy machine. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, so which is really great for the mini comics and everything. So I'm, I'm able to print all those myself.
0: How long have uh, you had that for?
1: Um, Maybe three years. Yeah, so I think, like, probably since I started making mini comics. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, the the reason I bought it is. Um, do you know uh, Piao Studio? Yeah. Yeah. So I contributed a mini comic to um, an a science fiction anthology that they did called Time Capsule. So I was I had a mini comic in Time Capsule 2. And so they sent it to me, and I was like, "Wow, this is risograph," and I, I felt like uh, the style of printing really complimented my style of, uh, line work and everything and, um, and color. And I was like, okay, yeah, so I want to do this, but I want to be able to just crank out mini comics whenever I want. So I got on Craigslist and I found a guy, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and the rest is history.
0: (laughs) Um, that, that's kind of tough following up Piao because they, uh, for folks that don't know they're a Swedish publisher. I think he's in America right now.
1: Yeah, Patrick Crowdy.
0: Yeah. Um but are the the level of detail and finesse in in their work is really uh, in quite a lot of ways unparalleled except for like Ryan Cecil Smith and John Pham um yeah. as far as like really lining up the art. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Like, they...
1: They do get stuff, and it's funny, too, because, um, you know, they have, like, a super nice machines and everything. I, I think they're not doing as much uh, Resograph stuff now. No. Uh, but, yeah, so, so their registration is always, like, super nice and everything, and my, my machine that I have is way not as nice as of a machine. <laughs> um, so... Because I know a lot of people that print from Ryzo and it's like, oh, they just like plug in their computer and they just like print the file. And it's like, it's got two colors in the machine and it just comes out perfect. And for me, it's like, oh, it's super hard.
0: <laughs> do you have to like do the negative? On yeah. The, the so printing to, plate?
1: Right. So I have to get like inkjet, uh, black and white prints, and then scan it from the glass on the top of the copy machine for each color. Um, and I do... Uh, well, I, I'll try not to get too technical into the rest of stuff because I know a lot of people uh, maybe would be bored by the <laughs> by the technical specs. But uh, that's I, I, okay. I, I basically I only have one d- drum. So you're supposed to have a drum per color. Oh, uh, shit! And so I only have one, but the guy I bought the machine from gave me like this hacker code so that I can reassign the. Um, new colors to the drum so every time i uh do a mini comic or want to change the color i reassign the drum but the thing that sucks about that is the color the original color sticks to the drum so you have to run enough copies through so that that color fades off the drum and the new color is what's left on the drum
0: yeah does that make sense yeah it, it bleeds through until you wear it off
1: exactly yeah so that can be uh, really frustrating, especially when it's like, "Oh, the comics fair is tomorrow."
0: <laughs> you know. Hey, you just have but, to print all night.
1: Yeah, but it it is. It's a lot of fun, and it's like rewarding, you know.
0: Now, the other comic you sent me, the Heaven's Dream Town, feels kind of largely connected to Sparks. Um, yeah,
1: um, th- yeah. It's funny you say that. So, I think that. I had come up with, like, the outline for Sparks, and then I was, like, so I was really in the mindset of, of Sparks, and and then uh, Mocha, a comic show here in, in New York, was coming up, and I was like, okay, well, I want to do a mini-comic for this, but, like, I can't get my head out of, like, this cyberpunk world, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that was kind of the result of that. So it's like, it's a totally separate story and and separate world, but it's, it's still got a lot of the same themes, I think.
0: One of the things I was thinking about is uh, one of the main things in Sparks is this like forced um, drug implant that people are on um, to make them work 36 Mm -hmm. hours straight or be just productive members of society. And I wasn't really thinking of a context where I'd seen something so explicit before. And so I'm kind of interested in the background on that.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's really referencing, like, like another story that already exists or, or a movie or anything. Um, yeah. I, I That just comes from uh, living in, uh, you know, like the capitalist United States that we live
0: in, you know, where it's yeah. all like, oh,
1: work, 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 spend money, spend money, you know.
0: That's what I was talking about about the commentary that it plays within there. Um, yeah,
1: and 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 it is like it's it's a pretty standard, um, like, uh, cyberpunk type of story. Like, oh, the big corporations are trying to take advantage of the little people, so the hackers have to come in and like save the day, you know? Yeah. Um. So. So that's pretty standard cyberpunk, but but it is like as I was writing this and everything, I was like taking stuff directly out of like the, the headlines and the news stories that I was, that I was looking at and paying, paying attention to, you know?
0: It's interesting how uh, our own um, reality right now can kind of inform in this dystopian way. And like, how how do you get from being like too down about reality? in that way.
1: Yeah, hey, that's a hard one sometimes. (laughs) You know? Uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question.
0: Come on, you gotta answer me, Ren. How am I gonna make Uh, it through?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You read comics that make you feel like you had a fun time.
0: (laughs) I guess. Is that kind of, like, the idea of Sparse kind of gives you that, that oomph, the... The, the potential of the little man
1: um yeah I mean I guess but again it's like like I wasn't really trying to make that statement about our current yeah. social situation or something you know but but sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> but again I feel like that's just like hand in hand with the uh, cyberpunk genre I guess this it does feel a little more upbeat than a lot of cyberpunk stuff I guess
0: now, your other book uh, on the term of cyber is uh, Cyber Realm. Mm, um, yeah. your, your first, second book. Um, no, or not first, that's... second. Sorry, No Brow. Oh, Tucker yeah. will get mad at me for that. <laughs> your other No book. I've had a long day. I'm getting caffeined up, people. Don't worry. <laughs> um, and it's it's got this post-apocalyptic, almost biblical feeling to it. I don't know why I was thinking that, but there's just something in there that kinda sticks to me. It's like this old testament type thing.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I'm uh
0: I kinda see what you mean. I guess
1: maybe because it's like uh it's in a time it's like post uh cyberpunk, I guess. It's like it's like post apocalyptic, so it's like in that world where it's about like a journey and survival, you know? And, yeah. like, Revenge, which are all very, like, Old Testament subject matter, you know?
0: Yeah, no, exactly. It's just, uh, uh, I don't know. It's just so far, just everything's gone to such a horrible shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Man. Um. So tell me about putting that book together It's like, your first book for them. Uh, and kind of what kind of guidance, or was it really loose, just you had a rough idea of what you wanted to do or
1: yeah, well, that's funny. So I had reached out to Nobrow And so we were talking to each other about, um, working together and, and, um, Alex Spiro, uh, was of Nobrow was, um, talking to me about a series that they do, uh, 17 by 23, which is just like the size of the book where they, Oh, take a risk on, um, like, uh, younger artists that don't have work are already published. Mm-hmm. Or, or uh, you know, they can take a risk, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I had actually done, like, completely outlined out a 24-page story, like, a few days before we got in contact. Um, and I was planning on doing it myself. Uh, For TCAF, because I was going to TCAF that year. Okay. And and so I was like, you know what? This might actually work better for this. And so, like, the next day, I sent him, like, the full pitch and outline and everything.
0: Was that your first time doing, like, full color everything without being limiting yourself?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, And, yeah, the full color was a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah I mean it takes like a it takes a really long time um but also I don't know if like I I like the way that full color comics feel as much like when I'm reading them now yeah or the way that my work specifically looks in full color uh I really like the limited color palette because I feel like you can read more into the world like it's I'm not being told or shown like exactly what everything looks like does that make sense? Yeah.
0: Yeah, so... Uh, it's interesting, too, because uh, looking at some of your illustration work, you, you don't limit as much right. as the comics work. I don't know if that's like... Um, with the comics work being a reaction of dealing with limited tools with risograph. Um,
1: yeah, I, I think that... I Yeah, I think both. Um, a lot of my illustration editorial work i'm doing the color digitally so uh, i have more options you know because if i am printing it myself as a mini comic i'm not going to do like four colors because that would kill me maybe (laughs) yeah um but uh yeah i i do like i was saying i i like like a limited color palette as as far as like the comics go and you know maybe that also has something to do with My interest in manga and everything, which is in black and white. Yeah.
0: Um, And Akira, it seems like it's kind of really sat with you. Even when uh, the interview, or when this was pitched to me um, from from No Brow, uh, like Akira was in the reference.
1: Oh, yeah. Tucker.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, do you find anything else that's affected you quite as much as that? Cause I know other folks were like, Akira like, is pretty much the shit, um, for them creatively.
1: Yeah. I, I think, um, I think definitely like pretty much all of, uh, Mobius's work. Um, yeah, like, uh, just like, uh, you know, the worlds and storylines that he creates are just amazing. And I, I love the way that he plays with that. Um, like, uh, uh, herge esque uh, clean line. Yeah, and everything you know. How,
0: stylistically, you don't lean on them, and I'm interested in that. Like, w- what's kind of your your stylistic touchstones?
1: Uh, I, I think it is a lot, but I, I think it is like. Um, uh, okay, so it's like, yeah, I don't know. Otomo meets uh, Mobius meets like Tintin meets like stupid. Uh, zine type stuff you know
0: Yeah, uh, I guess I just feel like you kind of let yourself go in directions where I see a lot of folks who kind of follow that Mobius uh, Otomo line um, fall into too easily and I don't see you kind of in that that hole yeah,
1: I, I guess one thing that's not important to me is um, having like a perfect drawing or just doing like a shit ton of detail just for the sake of it. Yeah. Uh, Which, which both of those guys do flawlessly and amazingly. And I could never hope to, uh, you know, do as well as them. Um, uh, but yeah, that's not important to me as far as like the, the comics go. I, I want them to be very utilitarian as far as like panel to panel goes. Yeah. I want you to be getting like just like the bare bones kind of story from it. And, and I also like, I want it to be clear that it's, it's a cartoon. It's a comic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I want that to be obvious.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. No. And it is, and it's fun. Like I said at the beginning, like I really, I enjoyed it. It kind of just breezed through. I have a feeling you probably had a lot of fun doing the design work for the book too.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, big time. Because, uh, you know, like we've been talking about, it's just, like, stuff that I'm interested in. So even when I'm just, like, drawing in my sketchbook or on scrap pieces of paper, it's, like, robots or cyborgs or something. So, um, yeah, it really was, like, okay, I can spend a lot of time, like, focusing on something that I really love, uh, which was really great, and it was
0: a lot of fun. Yeah. I just want to draw a little floating robot everywhere.
1: Exactly. And it's, like... uh, it's like, wow, like, okay, I have to do my homework or do some research, and I'd be, like, watching some weird, like, anime that's just, like, an alien knockoff from, like, 1988 or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the best, is I love, like, the budget, um, like, knockoff movies. There's one that me and my friends watched that was, like, a Japanese Star Wars knockoff Oh, wow. But, it, like, half of it was in English and half of it was in Japanese. It was by the director oh. of Battle Royale.
1: No way. Wow. It
0: is so bad. It was so terrible.
1: Do you recall what it's called?
0: I don't. I'll I'll try and figure it out. Um, yeah. It was just, like, it was so ridiculous. Um, oh, it
1: sounds like something I would be really interested in. It sounds cool.
0: Yeah. No, it was, uh... It was just, like, the... The characters were terrible. There was like a fake R2-D2 type character. <laughs> um, wow. It was just like, yeah. Let's see wow. if I can see it on the world wide web. I'm not seeing it. Um, if you do find it, take mm-hmm. a look. I it will. is god awful. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're going to be at uh, Mocha, you said Cake and tea throughout the spring that's right yep um and you're gonna have new mini comics any of these or
1: yeah i'm planning on doing um i mean before i
0: i don't have like
1: uh i'm I'm working on a mini comic now so i'm not sure which show that's going to be ready for um i want to do like another uh, sketchbook zine just to have because that's fun to have at these shows and I just sold out of the the one that i had for like a long time so i want to do a new sketchbook zine and and hopefully i don't know maybe some prints or something
0: the movie's called message from space
1: message from space okay
0: yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> to get that out it was bugging me um yeah no i really liked all your stuff uh i highly recommend folks check out sparks for mr Ren mcdonald um and yeah no thank you for joining me today Ren. A lot yeah,
1: thanks so much for having me. It was nice talking about weird science fiction
0: stuff. Totally. And check out Message from Space. And then I apologize after you've watched Message from Space. <laughs>
2: My study. So I'm surrounded, gotta get counted, not going out, this shit's about to get, come on god. it, fucking nasty, when the world comes knocking, fuck the world, fuck this body, no one below be long now, Throw my nerves, rub my breath, with my tune, rap, moon, heavy, sling, dive, shot, out the window, and you come on come on biggie at me, I'm a prophetic amnesia, I'm in Jimmy Page's castle, I'm off the planet, echo astro, final lasso, just echo asshole I'm not there for anything, fuck away to say anything it's don't work, well. it's don't okay, don't take to the challenge. take okay, make me early, okay. okay, okay, feel me, I'm in the night hour man in a building, no daylight, one midnight, let me lay. 24-7, Matter not windows, to access, sweet or no, dive to the next nightclub, It's seconds, this was shot in my style. so I'm surrounded, gotta get I'm going out, she's about to get, come am a galaxy, ah, fucking Nazi, Life. As I fuck, a fuck in my thing I don't hate Tell me my time's on myself I'll say I can't wait Put your gun in my head I blow smoke in your face Did you go that judge Come up and get me Hell in my head, 13th spell, and my tear, or in a stylin, built for a fit, lying to myself, all by myself, strapped down to my bed, tongue cut out the mouth of reason, and choked off the river's edge. Fast Is a tear gas I fear masks by figments Of my fragmented mind Who's my enemy? Demo me Step to me And you'll die Grand delusions Magnified Fuck the truth Waste my time it's all go What's that? Footsteps on the stairs If I could rest They're always there Who are they? I don't care I just know they're trying to ask me Give a fuck Come up and get me